Welcome to the Emotional Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Rochelle. I'm a holistic human design health coach, and this is a space for your human design and spiritual journey. It's not about being a master of your emotions, rather mastering the tools to self-regulate, to awakening yourself and remembering who you are. Human design changed my life about five years ago, and I've been learning and teaching the system ever since. This podcast is human design meets spirituality meets astrology. You don't have to have a belief system to be here, just an open mind and curiosity. This is a journey of meeting yourself and awakening to your infinite potential. Now, let the magic begin. Welcome back to another episode of the Emotional Mastery Podcast. This week, I dropped a little Q&A box in Instagram and asked for your questions so that I can answer some on here. I wanted to talk a little bit about sort of dating, but also self-worth like tied in together because I've been doing a lot of the TBM work to be magnetic. And a lot of it comes down to specifically when it comes to dating or really with anything with career, money, finances, whatever it is, it comes down to the subconscious belief that we have about our self-worth. And in human design, if you're familiar, you have the ego center, which is the teeny tiny little triangle, um, sort of in the center of your design. And this is all about ego. It's all about willpower, self-worth. It's all about like money, material things. And if you have this undefined, your biggest shadow in life is going to be self-worth. And of course, if you've been through any sort of trauma in relationships, if you have Libra, right, if we're looking astrologically, Pisces, this is very getting lost in the other. And so it's really easy to do that, just that, right? Get lost in another person. And I mean, there's so many different layers to this, but I've really begun to step into my own worth. And one thing that has really, really helped me has been creating lists. So I create lists of the partner that I'm calling in and I create lists or I created a list of what I'm bringing to the table sort of to remind myself. And this was a little, um, not experiment. This was a little, uh, part of TBM. The word that I'm looking for has escaped me, but this was a little, um, oh my gosh, what word am I looking for? Not challenge, <laughs> prompt, task, whatever, you know what I'm talking about in TBM, in the unblocked love I've been moving through. And it really just helps you, helps remind you that you do have value, you, your self-worth, because what I've noticed throughout my dating experience, so to sort of backtrack and give a little uh, framework here, I have been single for six years and I have dated here and there. I dated somebody for a couple years, sort of very non-committal, I guess you would call it a situationship is what they call it these days, more or less of what it was. And that specific relationship, I was married in an abusive relationship, got divorced, and then spent two years, two and a half years about somewhere between there, focusing completely on myself, on my kids, just sort of getting my shit together. And I swore I was not going to get into another relationship until I was healed. So I got to the point that I felt healed enough that I wanted to start dating. I was terrified, terrified. <laughs> I mean, th th this person that I ended up you know, in a situation with for a couple of years was the first person that I dated after my ex. So there was a little bit of uh, trauma bonding, I believe, in that situation. But I was so anxious to show up to this date. And of course, the more that I do it, the less anxious that I get. And I think that's the key is just show up and keep doing it. Have fun with it. I have Saturn in my fifth house. And so it's never been fun for me. Not really. But of course, like with Saturn, 
with age and the longer you're in your process and the longer you deal with Saturn and sort of negotiate with it, I guess, or just understand its limitations, you'll be able to like overcome that. And so of course now I'm 37 and I'm at a phase of my life where I don't take it as seriously as I used to. So it's a lot easier. But again, I thought I was healed. I met this person completely like, you know, just because it was the first person I had feelings for in like over two years, just completely latched to this person. But every single thing I could not work on by myself because I couldn't see it was triggered. So for two years, I was just in constant fight or flight, inner chaos, all the things. And so then I really started working on that. But with that situation, I didn't trust the unit. This is really what I've discovered that it's come down to. I didn't trust the universe enough to believe that I could call in anyone else. Because this person, I crafted a list before I started my dating experience in 2019. And I crafted a list and literally this person checked off nine out of 10 boxes. I thought this was it, but I didn't account for emotional availability. I didn't account for communication. I didn't account for respect. Like there was a lot of things, not to say that they disrespected me, but just in the sense of like not being clear and not communicating and allowing me to feel confused and, you know, showing up for certain things and not for others was really confusing and really dysregulated my system. And so in that way, I think there was a lack of respect. Um, Again, it wasn't intentional, but you know, people that come into our lives were both sort of playing off of our own trauma. So I realized that I had to go back and recraft my list and be very specific, more specific in what I really wanted, because I think that's sort of the journey of it, right? Is you find what you're looking for, but then realize you need to add this to the list or take this off the list, or this really wasn't that important. You just put it on there for maybe an egoic reason or whatever. So anyway, so I finished with that. And then the first person I dated after that, wild story, but I'm not going to get into it, but just crazy. So I recrafted my list. And then the next person after that, I just feel like every person after has sort of shown me a little bit more of what's possible. The person after that did not dysregulate my nervous system, was really easy to get along with, was really fun and passionate in other ways. And so it was this dynamic of being able to have sort of both sides of it, but there was just a piece of it that wasn't there for me. And then you know, progression like throughout. So now it's like showing up and all these different situations, they show me more of what I want. And because it's become progressively easier to be around people and noticing the red flags, or if I feel emotionally dysregulated, I know that that's a no for me, especially because what I've been through, the trauma that I've experienced, that chaotic feeling makes me feel wanted. And I logically know that that's not true. So now I just really am careful of when I'm put into that space and the attachment to feeling desired or wanted or cared for because there's a disconnect and it's just not true because I should not feel dysregulated if I'm dating somebody, right? I should feel desired. I should feel respected. I should feel like they want to communicate and they want to see me and they want to make plans with me. I'm a single mom. It is not easy to date me. I'm well aware of that. So having to make plans a few days in advance, right? Just the respect of doing that and not just leaving it to the last minute or calling me at 8 p.m. on a Friday night asking me if I can do something. No, I can't. Um, So anyway, all that. Just to say that I've learned so much in the last six months. I mean, I've learned so much in the last six years, but it's really come to this point where I can really see it for what it is. And I think when 
it becomes more challenging now because I'm calling in people that are more of what I'm looking for. They're easy, they are respectful, they are attentive, they are kind, but they're not the full package. And there are these little pieces that are really, really important to me. Consistency and communication, so important to me. I Just because of my nerve, like the way I, I can really easily get dysregulated when I'm not, when I'm feeling confused. It puts me in this like frantic state. And I know that that's something that I have to work on, but I also feel like if, if I've expressed it, I want a partner who cares and wants to help me feel safe and wants to help me feel regulated and at ease. And so those things are really important to me. And so it gets a little bit harder <laughs> to end things or to cycle through things when people are just actually kind and more along the lines of what I'm looking for, who have maybe 80% of what you're looking for, but that just 20% isn't. And you know, it's a matter of trusting the universe that when we move on to the next one, and also if it was meant to be and you end it, it's going to cycle and come back around. I truly, truly believe that. My dad has always told me what's meant for you won't miss you. Or yeah, if it's meant for you, it'll, it will find you, right? And so I always, I really, um, truly believe that. So anyway, I say all that to say because one of the questions, the first question that I'm answering on Instagram was about dating. So I wanted to sort of set the groundwork there for where I'm at in my dating experience. And because I think this past week has been a lot of cycling around that and having to end something that was, again, a lot of what I was looking for. And it's really was really important to come back to my self-worth and to know this isn't the end all be all right. Like I it was it was a test and an expander because I was able to see, wow, like this really is possible. There's so much of this that's possible. But this one piece, you know, I know it's going to come through when I release it and make space for it. So the first question that I got from Instagram, and I sort of answered it in my stories, but I'm going to answer it a little bit more here, um, was do the people you date mind if you talk about them on the podcast? And I think this is really funny because I'm uh, when it comes to telling people about the podcast, if I'm on dating apps, I have podcast in my thing, podcast coach. It's it's in my profile, so people know. A lot of people will ask about it. They'll ask for the link. I share the link with them. Sometimes I don't hear anything back, which is totally fine. You know, this is not a humorous, uh, com- comedic podcast, right? I mean, it is deep because this is all about my spiritual journey and your spiritual journey and sharing resources and tools and all those things. So it is a deep podcast. So that's fine. <laughs> um, but I never say names. I don't, you know, I don't, I talk about people, but I'll use like, you know, uh, astrology or human design, like code words where I know who it is. If the person listened, they probably know that I'm talking about them, but I'm not, I don't want to be coming from a drama space, which I feel like I try and be very careful about. I try and share my experience. And as a sixth line, that's really important to move through my experiences and to share that and not make it a a dramatization of a situation because these are you know real lives and I do it to support people who are maybe going through the same process and to empower them to come back to their self-worth and and all the things like that so that's sort of like the way that I share it I do want to begin sharing a little bit more and I started sharing a little bit more on Instagram I put like a little poll there and I got some responses that you want to hear sort of my process in dating um so I will be having a little bit more of that in here. Uh, it's always a little bit awkward for me because I feel uncomfortable dating more than one person at once. And I don't know if it's just like societal standards of women shouldn't do that. And I'm air quoting it. 
But also when I have feelings for somebody, it's challenging to split that. And I think just being a single mom too, having to date multiple people and finding sitters and time with the podcast and my full-time job and like all the things, it's really, really challenging. But for my mindset, for my mental health, it's helpful to me to not basically put all my eggs in one basket because then I get hyper-focused on it and... I want to see that person more and it's just like easier to split it. But then I don't want to have sexual relationships with more than one person at one time. So it's just an interesting thing that I'm sort of navigating. But to answer that question, if they mind, I have never had anybody ask me not to speak about them on the podcast. And I think because I am discreet and vague about it, that nobody has ever said that they're bothered by it. I don't necessarily I'm trying to think like, I know there's a couple people that I have dated in the past that do listen to it. I didn't know that they listened to it at the same at, at the time. I now know that they listen to it. And someone recently that I started talking to, I shared it with him and he said that he was listening to it. The person that I dated for two and a half years, he doesn't listen to it. I'm like 99% sure. Could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't listen to it. And the other recent person, the reflector that I've been dating sort of asked about the podcast, but I didn't share it with him. Um, he knows that I have one, but I didn't share it. Maybe I didn't want him to listen. I don't know. I don't know. It's just kind of like an interesting dynamic. But yeah, I've never had anybody that has asked me specifically not to speak about them on the podcast. And anybody that's listened that knows I'm talking about them hasn't said anything. So no, I guess they don't mind. <laughs> I guess they don't mind that I talk about on the podcast. Um, I'm sure if maybe I shared more details and information, it, maybe it would be an issue. But as of now, it is a non-issue. Um, the next question I got was, you read so many books, but you're a 6'3", not a line one. Explain. So if you've been here for a minute, you know, I am, in, especially on Instagram, I am constantly, constantly reading. I am obsessed. And my... My conscious moon, so your moon is your emotional body, it's what nourishes you, what drives you, that's in line one. So the way I'm nourished is through, you know, investigation, is through learning. And so that could be a piece of it. I think the sixth line cycles through experiences. Um, I also have my north node in the ninth house, which is travel, education, philosophy. So I think that's a really big pull astrologically as to why I'm so obsessed with learning. I also think I have, so I have um, Venus and Chiron and Gemini and Chiron is the wounded healer. And so Gemini is, you know, it's the twins, it's social, but it's also, it's about the mind. It's ruled by my Mercury. So it's sort of intellectual. And I think when I was growing up, first of all, I used, this is another layer to it too. I have Jupiter and Pisces in my eighth house and Pisces and Jupiter, Jupiter is excess of things, right? Whether it's food, drugs, alcohol, working out whatever it is. Pisces is super spiritual. It's codependent. Again, addiction is a huge piece of that. Um, and eighth house is drug, sex, rock and roll, basically. So when I was younger and I was really struggling maybe to fit in or I was just like struggling in general, or I was like super emotional. I used books as a form of escapism and that's very Jupiter and Pisces. So I think it turned from escaping through books, escaping through escaping in that way to then I also had a shadow around my brother is very intelligent. He's an engineer. He's really, really book smart, really math smart. And I never was in that sense. So I think I had a shadow around being smart. And and I feel like Chiron and Gemini is also a little bit around that too. It could be a wound. And so 
now when I, I try and consume everything, I want to learn everything. So of course, there's so many layers to this, right? So yeah, I'm a 6'3 in human design. I don't have a first line in my profi- profile, but there are so many other nuances and layers that could explain my obsession for reading. It could be imposter syndrome, right? Like I feel like I need to know everything to talk about it. But I just, I love learning. I tell people too, like I wish truly wish I could know everything in the world. It would be like amazing. But of course, there's so much out there. And I always come back to that. What is that saying? It's like, um, uh, knows a lot about uh, master of none. I don't, I don't know. I can't remember the saying something, something, something master of none. Um, you know what I'm trying to say. I don't remember the exact verbiage, but something along those lines, right? So it's like, what, what do I then try and focus on? So now, again, like I said, I used to read a lot of fantasy a lot of romance, vampire stuff. And when I was just trying to escape and be in my own little world, but now it's all personal development. It's all spirituality. It's all human design. And so mostly astrology and human design. But so, yeah, so that is, I think, a long answer as to why I'm obsessed with books. (laughs) And then The other question that I got, which I don't actually have a really good answer to. So the question was, does Chinese astrology year of the blank tie into typical astrology? And I don't actually know. I never really followed Chinese astrology. Um, I've really just learned Western astrology. Yeah, I haven't really really even dipped my toe in Vedic astrology. Um, So I don't have a great answer for that. But I did purchase the Astro Twins. They did like a 2024 forecast. And they talk a little bit about Chinese astrology. Like I think it's the year of the dragon, if I'm not mistaken. So I know that's not a helpful response because I don't really have the answer to that. I could Google it and um, get an answer to that. Okay. So I paused and I Googled because I want to have an answer, <laughs> even though I personally don't know the answer to this. And so what I found was from an article of Times of India, um, but they talk about, you know, the Chinese Zodiac um, is a system of 12, is a 12 animal system. So it correlates to the signs in Western astrology. So they say the rat is Sagittarius. Um, let me go down and see. So the rat is Sagittarius, the ox is Capricorn, um, the tiger is Aquarius, the rabbit is Pisces, the dragon is Aries, the snake is Taurus, the horse is Gemini, the goat is Cancer, the monkey is Leo, the rooster is Virgo, the dog is Libra, and the pig is Scorpio. And so that's sort of like how they correlate to Western astrology. But beyond that, I don't have any great answer um, to that question. Again, I just was never... Not that it wasn't, I was just never really on my radar of things to study. Um, And I'm still, I I don't need to (laughs) dive into something else because I'm so deep in astroherbalism right now, astrology and human design in general. Um, So that is that. I did want to sort of end this. First of all, the Reset and Embrace, we did a live call on um, Instagram. We did a live on Instagram. I've been doing lives every single day and lives have been every single time I've sort of like asked what I need to do to show up more in my business, I always get this drop in of IG lives. And I avoided it for the longest time. I was like, no, that imposter syndrome, or what if somebody says something, like just all the things. And so I committed my, I don't really do like New Year's resolutions, but I was like, you know what? For the entire month of January, I'm gonna go live every single day. I listened to a pod, and I, I talked about this a couple episodes ago, but if you didn't listen to it, I listened to a podcast on the Manifestation Babe podcast. She was actually on someone else's podcast. But they were talking about, you know, how she 
started her business and how she got so successful. And one thing that she did say was that she was doing Facebook lives like all the time. And she was like so anxious to do it, but she just kept doing it. And you know, with TBM or manifestation, babe, or any sort of manifestation work, there is this like action piece, right? Or even when we're talking about like reprogramming our subconscious, there is this action piece that's so crucial because we can do all of the work. We can have awareness. We can journal it out. We can reprogram our subconscious. But if we're not taking that action, there's still a piece that we're not fully able to rewrite our subconscious because we have to like seeing is believing, right? So you can tell yourself all the things. You can tell yourself the affirmations like I am confident, I am calm, I can do this, I can do that. But if you're not actually taking the action to do the uncomfortable things, you're still going to be leaning back into that place of subconscious programming, subconscious beliefs that maybe aren't where they need to be. Now, you know, they talk, you know, Lacey Phillips talks about tests. And I think that it's it's not so much, I think I was so resistant to that word for a while because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm failing. That's not failing. You're just going to keep seeing the same things over and over and over again. And so, but with that action piece, you're really reinforcing and you're really showing your subconscious that you can do the thing and you can be safe and you can excel at it and you are worthy and all those things that we're really trying to instill through reprogramming and through affirmations. And so really, really showing up and doing it is beautiful. It's scary. Like, I'm to be completely transparent. The very first live that I did on IG on January 1st, I did it in private mode so nobody could see me. But then day two, I was like, you know what? I have to go live. Like I have to go like fully live. Otherwise, I just feel like I'm cheating myself of this experience. And so even like I'm 14 days in. So by the time this comes out, I'll be 18 days in. And I'm just like some days I'm just like, I just have to press it. And then I'm like, I'll figure it out. But it's been really a beautiful process. And now I'm like really enjoying showing up and engaging and having conversations. So Greg and I went live on IG today for our Reset and Embrace container. It was so beautiful. I don't know if it will still be up. We were going to leave it up for 24 hours. So I don't know if it'll still be up during this call. But there will be a replay obviously within the container. So this container, the eclipses in October were the catalyst for this container. And we really wanted to really lean into these, these eclipses and Aries Libra eclipses and really, really reinforce and dig into this manifestation work, this reprogramming work. So we combined human design and manifestation and breathwork and meditations for that subconscious reprogramming piece. And we've done this three-month container and it's been so amazing. Like I have loved it. It's been so nourishing for me. I've I've seen transformations come about from it. And so we decided we wanted to open a membership space. So this is going to be the membership once a month around the new moon. We're doing a call like we did today inside or on um, Instagram live. So if you caught it, you were able to experience it. And if it's still up, go watch it. It was awesome. And so it's this, we combine, you know, human design, we do some journaling and then Greg guides us through a breathwork meditation that is just so beautiful every single time. And especially within the membership, we want to create like a group space where we can support each other and, and find that momentum and have accountability and all the things that are so important to this work. And so if you're interested in that, you can, of course, all the links are going to be down in the show notes that you can go join us. Um, it's just really powerful. And the new moons are all about in- manifestation and intention setting, right? And so we wanted to really continue to ride that wave of momentum and really use these this the energy of the new moon to really call in the things that we're getting clear on the things that we're calling in and set intentions and journal and all the beautiful practices that we do know work. Um, and so I just wanted to reinforce with that action piece that I was talking about. But that is 
open now so you can go and join. And then um, there was something else I was going to talk about. And I totally, totally forgot what it was. So I don't know. But <laughs> thank you for listening. Um, this was fun to answer those questions that I got um, on Instagram. If you don't follow me on Instagram, you can. You can follow me. The links are down below, but it's at Rochelle.Christian. That's R-O-C-H-E-L-L-E dot C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N-E. TikTok is the same. Website is RochelleChristian.com. YouTube is at Emotional Mastery Podcast. And if you are listening to this, if it resonates, share with a friend. It helps the podcast. Rate, review, subscribe. Spotify is just clicking those five stars. It is so helpful. Um, And reach out to me on Instagram. I love hearing from you guys. Come check out the lives that are happening this month. I try and keep them consistent with the time, but I'm not that consistent all the time. So I either do it so far. It's been, I do it in the morning around like nine 30 or I do it at night around 10 o'clock because that's the time when I can actually sort of all the kids are in bed and all the things are done. Um, but that is all the ways. And you know, one-on-one sessions are available and three month coaching package is also available. All the information is down below. So I hope you have a wonderful, Oh, that's what I was going to talk about. (laughs) So this is coming out Thursday on the 18th, but Saturday, the 20th, we have some really big astrological transits happening. So Pluto and the sun are conjunct at 29 degrees of Capricorn. And the sun, any conjunction with the sun, they say the sun sort of blocks out or mutes the energy of whatever the planet is because the sun is so bright that it's like you can't see. When you look in the sky and you have a planet next to the sun, you can't see the planet, right? Because the sun is so bright. But you know, Pluto is raw power, right? It is, it is that in the depths of like your womb type of energy. It's transformation, alchemization, it's death. It's the furthest planet in the solar system, right? So it's like that journey of death and rebirth that happens. And so in Capricorn, uh, you know, Pluto has been in Capricorn since 2008. So this it's moving into Aquarius the very same day. So we wake up or I don't know, I think it's like 4am. Um, Pluto and the sun are going to be conjuncting Capricorn, then they both move into Aquarius on the same day. And so we're having this shift like collectively, like to <clears throat> collectively together, they're like moving hand in hand. So it's just gonna be a really powerful day. Um, and as we're moving into this age of Aquarius, right? Where as we're moving into the 20 year cycle of Pluto and Aquarius, it is gonna dip back into Capricorn from September, I think it's like third or ninth until November 19th or 20th but then it's going to be back in Aquarius until 2044. So it's starting this whole new phase in Aquarius, like fully in Aquarius after that. But now it's like, it's really starting it because it dipped into Aquarius very briefly in 2023 and then was in Capricorn for the rest of the year. But now we're really starting as Pluto in Aquarius. So it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. But I just wanted to, if you have any sort of like practice or if you track it or um, just what's on your radar, like Saturday, I think it's going to be a really energetically big day. So do what you will with that. I hope it's helpful and I will catch you next week.